Hi, everyone. I'm JJ Hornblast, and welcome to FinTech Unfiltered from Bank Innovation, the nation's leading news service on banking and FinTech. This is our weekly wrap on what's happening in banking innovation. Before beginning, I want to thank Bank Innovation advertisers Snowflake, Fiserv, MX, and Uncork for their support, and I am pleased to be joined today by Bianca Chan and Garrett Wright from the Bank Innovation Team. Hello to both of you. It is Friday, January 15, 2021. Of course, in the news this week, um, what the news this week was marked by the second vote for impeachment of President Trump by the House of Representatives following last week's violent insurrection and raid on the Capitol by his loyalists. President-elect Joe Biden uh, has unveiled a massive new COVID-19 stimulus and relief package, which would likely add uh, $1,400 to the $600 of direct payments that Congress has already approved. Total spending for that package would reach $1.9 trillion. Earnings season officially kicks off today and analysts are expecting uh, widely varied results uh, among uh, publicly traded companies. This week, Toyota agreed to pay $180 million for violating the Clean Air Act. It is the largest such penalty ever levied by the federal government. And finally, Stephen Thomas of San Francisco says he has made peace with forgetting his Bitcoin password that would have turned him into a multi-millionaire. Thomas has about $220 million worth of Bitcoin locked away on a hard drive that will erase its data after 10 password attempts. Thomas has tried to put in the correct password eight times with no luck. The programmer lost the piece of paper containing the password. After this, Thomas said, and I quote, it was actually a really big milestone in my life. It wasn't going to be about how much money I have in my bank account. Speaking of bank accounts, this week saw massive funding rounds for several fintechs that put significant amounts of money into their bank accounts. Uh, let's start with Roe and talk about them. There's also Blend and MX, uh, which uh, announced huge rounds. Um, uh, Garrett, do you wanna talk about the Roe uh, Ro investment first? Yeah, for sure. So Roe saw a slightly smaller um, investment than the other two did with us. It was 15 million, still substantial. Um, they're kind of going to put that money into their new AP, like the new AP software, which kind of builds on their on the business banking software. Um, and so it's really about trying to uh, funnel these accounts payable solutions. Um, even though we're finding that only about 15% or like of companies like nationwide, like 15% of financial institutions are actually using um, completely digital invoice softwares. So it's interesting how we're seeing these like influx of, um, of 
like really opportunities available for these financial institutions. Um, but we're always really trying to push that in um, and kind of build on the software that they already have in place um, to really help these financial institutions grow their, their digital invoice platforms. Um, it's, it is necessary in today's industry because it can save anywhere from like 25 to 80, well, 25% is, is what they found, but it can save anywhere up to like 80% of um, time just by having all these things digitized instead of, you know, going through, you know, the traditional processes. Um, so I spoke to Erica Bauman at, um, at eight group, and she was actually able to kind of provide some context around this. She said that it is going to be really imperative because it is such a time saver. Um, but it might also be difficult to get in the door with banks just because they are used to these traditional processes, their employees are used to those traditional processes, and they might not um, be quite ready for that upgrade, even though it's a huge time and money saver. I mean, it would, you would think, Garrett, that at some point in the not, really not too distant future, AP will become you know, absolutely completely digitized. There is really, I, unless there's a wild exception, I, I don't even understand why there is any need for human intervention whatsoever. I mean, is that a fair, it, it, what, what's your thought on it? No, for sure. Cause I mean, a lot of this is very redundant processes. I mean, we're seeing the same thing over and over again. It's it functions the exact same way from, you know, invoice to invoice. So it would just make sense to have it digitized because um, you're really saving so many resources uh, from a financial institution standpoint um, and just making sure that, you know, all the processes also stay the same too, just to make sure that it's a consistent, you know, consistent space. Right. Um, right. And so I, I definitely think it should be 100% uh, digitized. And, and that's really, that's that's the short-term goal. It's not even a long-term goal anymore. It's, it's a short-term goal to have it 100% digitized. So it ha did they express a long-term goal? Um, not really. They're really just trying to focus on getting the software um, out to consumers and then really trying to get them um, interested in it too. Like that's that's really the biggest thing that they're trying to focus on is just getting it in the in the doors of the banks making sure that they're using them um, and then i'm sure they'll kind of focus more on the long-term goals but they're really just wanting to get this you know just get the project out you know get the funding through the door and then work on the long-term goals from there um what about the other major funding rounds this this week yeah so we had uh we had mx and blend um they both had 300 million dollar um investments which is, um, it's, it's a lot of money for a FinTech that's wanting to grow and establish their platforms. Um, and that's actually where I spent the majority of my week was with, um, was with these two and kind of figuring out how to structure, um, structure an article around these two. Um, so I spoke to Brandon Dewitt at MX, um, who kind of spoke to the theme of data. And this is something that I'm seeing a lot uh, in a lot of my reporting is that um, these FinTechs are really focusing on data and optimizing it because you can't push technology and you know, just straight technology, you really need to make sure that it's, um, it's relevant to the financial institution, it's relevant to the consumer, because otherwise, they're less likely to really want to integrate it if it doesn't have some sort of purpose. So that's what they're kind of trying to focus on, um, is data and trying to optimize that data. Um, do it with saying, you know, there's a, there's some significant problems with data structuring, and really making sure that um, it's optimized around the financial institution. Um, he also talked about some cool technology that's kind of coming out and something that he, he saw uh, kind of growing. And it was this idea of like 
it's like small technologies. So something as easy as like a social security number um, infrastructure. So the bot goes through and it's able to recognize, you know, all of us know our social security numbers by heart, but the last four are significantly, um, I don't know, I, I just know, I know the last four just off the top of my head without a problem. Um, whereas the first five, it's it usually can kind of process. So the bot is able to go through and recognize, okay, if the number is being typed in at the same speed all the way through, that it's more likely to be, um, it's more likely to be fraud. It's more likely to be some sort of bot that's processing it um, mm -hmm. versus, you know, someone slowly typing the first five and then quickly typing the last four. Um, it's more likely to be human. So he was kind of uh, touching on tech like that, that they find really interesting. Um, and then blend was also- And that would be, that would be on the authentication, that would have authentication mm -hmm. applications or security or both. So, it, so it, it's really a little bit of both. They're trying to kind of focus on both because especially with, you know, this open banking system and, you know, moving away from brick and mortar locations. Uh, if everything is done online, if everything's done virtually, they need to make sure that, um, that everything is secure, that everything is, um, is really, there's just, just really mitigating the fraud element. So it's, Bianca, it's, Bianca, didn't we see something else where it was sort of the keypad related keyboard yeah. related secure, what was that? So, I mean, we're, we're seeing big trends around behavioral um, biometrics and analytics. Makes sense that MX is kind of playing in this space. They work with huge uh, financial institutions, uh, Ally, BBVA, BECU, Robinhood, um, and they really play in the, the fraud mitigation loan approval space. So it makes sense what Garrett's saying in terms of the security aspect um, and sorry, I guess trying to automate um, any anomalies in, in the behavior that, that you know, we can regularly expect from consumers. I mean, it's interesting because we, there was this you know, notion not that long ago, a couple of years ago, that, that voice would predominate uh, rather than text. Um, but if you're building in the security and authentication around text, essentially, then, you know, maybe that has, maybe that has, uh, maybe, maybe voice won't necessarily become as prominent from, from a, uh, authentication security standpoint. Well, the way I think about it is how often you like talk bank like a bank action or or do you you know verbally request a bank transaction versus when you go online on your mobile app and you're typing in you know your password or you're typing in yes i'd like to send this money to this person um so I, just i guess by nature of how people bank today it makes sense that text is kind of accelerating faster than than voice would be yeah i also thought that i've i've long thought that uh, from a, that voice from a security and privacy standpoint was a little more problematic than text. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, this now, you know, what Gary, what you're saying, it seems like is really a leaning towards, uh, or at least within the, you know, within the confines of overall security and authentication to maintain that kind of text driven uh, initiative. What, what about at Blend, Garrett? So we're kind of seeing the same thing that Blend, and once again, they're also very data-driven. Um, you know, like they added 200 plus um, employees to their roster. They're, you know, they're, like they're growing quite a bit. Um, and instead of focusing specifically on automation, they are both companies are really trying to funnel this idea of data, which is um, it's really a growing trend that we're seeing. 
Um, and it's, it's, it's a good trend that we're seeing too, uh, you know, that these companies are focusing on intelligent data um, and really making sure that the processes and the AI behind it has the right data to really fuel the system itself. Um, so that's what really they're focusing on. Um, he kind of touched on the fact that they're looking into integrating softwares like OCRs, the, uh, the optical character recognition, to kind of digitize signatures and make sure that you're, um, you're kind of expediting that process as well. Right. Well, because they're very focused on the lending process where documentation is kind of the big, uh, the big hindrance to digitization, I think. Yeah, of course. And if, it, and really, if, um, if you can move signatures and a lot of those, those stubborn processes, um, you know, that are typically done in person, what, um, you know, with pen and paper, it's, if you're able to automate that, it's complete game changer. Yeah. It saves so much time in the long run. So Blend MX Row, you know, how do how, how do their initiatives uh, sync with what Matt Carbonara from City Ventures told you this week? So he he actually got pretty techy with us today or last week. Um, he kind of touched on you know IACs and CSPMs, which were new terms to me. Um, kind of building the infrastructure from once again, I know this is getting repetitive, but it's building from the data. Um, so the CSPMs, um, or actually we'll start with the IACs, it's infrastructure as coding. So it's building the, like building the infrastructure from a code-based standpoint. And then the CSPMs are the uh, cloud security posture management to make sure that everything is secure, make sure that everything um, is, is really uh, consistent once again. Um, and so He's, he's also pushing this idea of banking at the edge too, which is staying innovative, but staying relevant. Um, so making sure that everything that you're pushing, just like we were talking about before, is relevant to the customer. Um, and then how do we weave those into the banking processes? Um, he also yeah, and he, about he runs and he runs City Ventures, mm -hmm. uh, for, which is the venture capital arm of yep. City Group. So interesting to hear what he has has to say. Um, conversational AI and chatbots. Um, what's an update that we have from that side of the technology coin? Yeah, so uh, two quick updates from me uh, in my reporting this week. Uh, we spoke to Temenos, which of course um, is a major software, banking software provider um, based in Geneva. Um, and th they have some news around their Engage platform, which is, of course, the same um, technology that underpins Umpqua's GoTo app, which we've covered extensively. But the interesting thing here is the Engage, the whole tech stack is built on this idea of achieving this, you know, human digital balance that we always talk about. And so the premise is, um, you can connect your consumers or your business banking customers with a banker through this uh, chat messaging app. Similar, um, similarly matched, like, um, I guess, like a dating app, you could say, but basically the consumers can choose the banker based on like their profile, their interests, their areas of expertise, the location, and then they can message with a real, with a real banker, a real human. So and don't tell me there's a swipe right, swipe left dynamic. <laughs> there is not in this app. <laughs> um, Good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they're, they're eyeing uh, automated messaging to incorporate this year, which I thought was kind of interesting because that 
that seems to mark some sense of a, a pivot away from, you know, oh, here's a human banker that you get to talk to through a digital interface. Now we're introducing automated messaging. It seems a little bit counterintuitive based on the whole kind of mission of what the engaged platform is built for. Mm -hmm. The same kind of trends, I guess, in wealth management where you could make the same argument where the human um, relationship is super important in, in understanding, you know, um, people's goals, the complexity of banking, transactions and relationships. And so you're seeing this move to more self-service tools. Um, it should definitely help uh, scalability wise now you don't have to have, you know, a banker who could be speaking about, um, I don't know, a more complex like savings goal, let's say, versus, hey, uh, you know, can you help me get it? Can you help me change my password, let's say? Correct. That's so pretty right. interesting. Um, and at Casisto? Yeah, so um, Casisto, which, you know, powers chatbots for some of the largest banks in the country, like JP Morgan Chase, uh, TD, Standard Chartered, so they um, are a partner with NCR, which works with smaller financial institutions and credit unions, um, regional banks. Um, and the whole idea here is to like democratize chatbot technology. Um, and so of course, with every single answer that a chatbot um, you know, spins up for a consumer is attached to some uh, backend like intent um, to understand what the customer wants. And so they've added a new tool that will be a free add-on to NCR's customers that essentially creates a database that pulls together conversational data um, from multiple different institutions. So it'll help identify trending questions and then more quickly spin up um, those chatbot answers. So Casisto, um, their AI is specifically embedded in the financial services space. So when there were a lot of questions popping up about like ATM cleaning or like COVID or the pandemic, um, it's tool, which has been used in-house by Casisto for the past 18 months and is now going to be rolled out um, further, uh, essentially is able to identify those outliers outside of, you know, traditional financial talk and, um, and quickly spin up answers. So it's this whole idea of democratizing chatbot tech. But they, but they have to filter that, those answers and data for the institution, right? Because some things are very specific. So that in and of itself is must be quite the effort to kind of filter between data that is empirically uh, usable versus the that that is more, you know, too specific to share. Yeah, well, that's it kind of ties back to Garrett's points about um, you know cleanse data, structured data, and especially with um, conversational AI and natural language processing. That is so important, and that should help mitigate some of the time spent on filtering out and parsing out you know which which pieces of data go where essentially. <laughs> but it, it is an interesting kind of dynamic because it um, it's not the data is just not as structured as let's say like a loan application where you have fields that are filled in. It varies by person to person, how they mm -hmm. kind of, um, how they converse. So it's, it's interesting, but data is definitely the key there. Yeah. Okay. Well, what next week we have a busy week ahead of us. Um, do you want to give at least a little bit of a preview of that? <laughs> Yep, sure. So um, 
We will, of course, be continuing our coverage um, around the automation space and uh, have some exciting updates to come. Yes, state, maybe everyone wants to check out the site on Tuesday. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Garrett and Bianca, thank you so much. And thank you all so much for joining us. Um, as of course, we encourage you to rate the podcast on your uh, podcast platform of choice. And, and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, thanks so much for, for being with us. We'll see you next time.